welcome to episode two of the Nick Simmons Show. I hope you guys had a fun time either listening to the podcast last week, wherever you get your podcasts, or of course watching the video format that is up on my newest channel, the Nick Simmons Show. So that makes three channels for me. My main channel, Nick Simmons, which you guys know is my viral hits channel, uh, the Nick Simmons 2 channel, uh, where we take some of the clips from this show and actually post them Monday through Friday. And then of course, the Nick Simmons Show. Last week, we had a great time talking about setting smart goals and you know how setting smart goals is going to help reshape your goals or maybe your wishes into something that's more attainable. And in that episode, I promised you guys that I would share my three secret tips that take smart goals from, you know, you're probably going to achieve them to a slam dunk. You are absolutely going to get this done. So I'm going to walk you through those three tips. Now, they're really simple tips. It's not things that are crazy like, you know, you have to go out and raise a million dollars. These are really simple tips that anyone can do. And as you're starting to set your goals, whether they're in life, in business, in relationships, or, you know, a lot of my, my, uh, my listeners are athletes. You know, these are perfect ways to help you become more likely to achieve your athletic goals. These are tips that I learned when I was in high school and have helped me throughout the years, whether it was to win state titles, win U.S. titles, uh, get my college degree, get my pilot's license, you name it. Every single time I set a goal, I do these three things. Number one, it's so simple. You're not even going to believe me. I write it down. Just writing down your goal makes you 42% more likely to achieve that goal. And the first time I ever did this, I was actually, I was a senior in college. Here comes a little story time for you guys. I was a senior in college, excuse me, a senior in high school, and I had a dream uh, of one day breaking 150 for 800 meters. That was my big audacious goal. I had run 153 uh, as a senior in high school, and I was going on to college. And the college coach at the time, he said, Nick, I want you to write down this on a little sticky note. I want you to write 150, live every day like a champion. And I kind of laughed at him. You know, I was, I was 18. I thought this is so stupid, but I did it. You know, I bought into what the coach was selling. I bought into his program. I wrote 150, live every day like a champion. And I put that sticky note next to my bedpost. And nine months later, I ran 149 to win my first NCAA title. There's something about writing it down and especially, I really believe in putting it on a sticky note where you're going to see it every day. It keeps you accountable to yourself. This is a promise that you're making to yourself. You're committing it to paper and you're reminded of it every single day. And you make conscious, conscious decisions to make sure that you're doing everything you can to achieve that goal. Now, that brings me to number two. You should tell someone about this goal. So once you've written it down, tell somebody. You know, earlier this year, I actually walked you guys through every single one of the goals that I set for myself in 2021. That wasn't just to help you guys see what was important to me. It wasn't to help you guys see how I set my goals. It was also to form a certain amount of accountability. I told you, my audience, these goals are extremely important to me. And by telling you that, it then adds a sense of accountability. And you know, at the end of this year, we're going to go back and look at that board 12 months later. Did I accomplish those goals? I don't want to disappoint you guys. That's the level of accountability that I've now added onto my shoulders. I like that accountability. I like that responsibility. It doesn't work for everybody. You know, maybe you don't want to tell the entire internet what your goals are. That's okay. Tell your mom, tell your coach, tell your teammate, just tell somebody that you trust, tell somebody that loves you that this is important to me. Keep me accountable. It'll help you a ton uh, in, in waking up and working hard towards your goals. And number three, 
KPIs. We talked about this a little bit last week, but KPIs, key performance indicators. When I set my big audacious goals, sometimes, not sometimes, always, we go through what's called the valley of despair. That's where you're so excited about your goal. The first few days, you're just crushing it. And then things get really hard. I talked about this when I was getting my pilot's license. When I first got my hands on a yoke and I was flying an airplane, the euphoria I felt, I'm like, this is amazing. There's no way I'm not going to get my pilot's license. This is the greatest feeling in the entire world. This feeling alone will carry me through to the end, which is in many cases a year-long ordeal. It took me an entire year to get my pilot's license. But when we set these big audacious goals, after that initial feeling of euphoria, we actually begin to realize just how hard it is going to be to accomplish that goal. And so I remember as I started digging into the book work, as I started you know, actually trying to do the maneuvers that I was going to have to be tested on, all of a sudden, I I almost kill it. I, I'm not even going to lie to you guys. At five hours in, I almost threw up my hands and said, I'm done. There's no way I can do this. We call that the valley of despair. And, and anytime you're going to try to attempt a really audacious goal, you will go through the valley of despair. This is what separates the men from the boys. This is what separates the goal achievers from the dreamers. If you are able to recognize that despair and slowly start building your way out of that hole. That's what KPIs are used for. So um, another example, I will keep it with the flying example. So just when I was ready to throw up my hands, um, and, and so many pilots do this, so many pilots have been through this, we started talking about building KPIs that would allow me to kind of start to build some momentum. And the first one I remember was um, perfecting a steep turn. A steep turn is where you bank the plane at 45 degrees, and it's actually a, a very fun and challenging maneuver. But once you have mastered that maneuver, um, as simple as it is, it, it makes you feel in control. And then you go from there into flying to your first airport offsite. Then from there, you go into your first solo, which is actually without having an instructor, you are responsible for the plane and your life. And then you begin building out from there. So you have these measurable KPIs that allow you to feel like, okay, maybe, maybe I still feel intimidated by my big goal, but I can see the momentum getting there. You know, another perfect example for anyone who's watching this YouTube video, when we started, when Ryan and I started my main YouTube channel, it was so slow. It was going nowhere. I mean, we barely picked up a subscriber here and there, but it was growing. And and I kept telling Ryan, like, if we plot this growth month after month after month, and it's still going up, it can only continue to rise. So I built in for myself KPIs, you know, these monthly indicators that were telling me that we were going in the right direction. So as you set your goals, I really want you to think, how do I set small achievable goals that stack upon each other so that you ultimately reach that big audacious goal. Now, last week we did take some great Q and a from some of, uh, some of our subscribers and we were talking about goals. I thought that it was a phenomenal exercise to walk some of our listeners through their own goal setting process this week. If you guys want to ask me, uh, about your own goals and how to achieve those goals, that's what I'm here for. I'm here to help you guys achieve those goals and set those goals. However, I recognize that there's a lot of you out there that know that I'm the guy who says you can ask me anything. You know, a lot of YouTubers, uh, they, they have no comment on a lot of subjects. I've always been the guy. You guys can ask me anything. So this week, we are going to open it back up to Q&A. And I want you guys to know you can ask me about your goal setting, but you can also ask me anything about my life as a pro runner, about my life as a business person, whatever you guys got. Nothing's off limits. Let's go to the first caller. Rubis, what up, my man? 
Hey, Nick. How you doing? Good. What you up to? Nothing much. Just finished my workout before before I jumped on with you. Hey, I told you. I promised you that we'd let you in this week. You're not. You're our first yeah. guest. Thank you. Dude, you you as you know this better than anyone because because we go way back. But you can ask me anything. You could ask me anything. What would you ask me? Um, I don't know. <laughs> You've already asked all the questions, huh? I've way too long. I've known you since '06, so it's been way too long. It's crazy, man. I know about you. That was back when I used to race up uh, at all the Division three schools, huh? Up in what was it, Wisconsin? Yeah, the two two best races I of your career. Nobody knows knows that knows of them, but I love them. I was you still versus you versus Will Lear in the fifteen and the eighth. Yeah, that's a long and, time ago. Yeah. Glad you were there to watch those. Yeah. What are you working on right now? What's your big goal this year? I have a couple of goals. Let me hear them. Uh, my first one is to try to get back on not tracks and in races for my mental health yeah we all need that and then my second one is to uh be uh, be a guy that doesn't look like a distance runner are you trying to bulk up a little bit sorry sorry <laughs> be like a distance runner meets uh meets uh uh a, a decathlon meets a uh uh a there you go man so are you, you hitting the weights pretty hard right now? Um, I'm doing an ad routine that's like 10 times harder than yours was. Mine's not that hard because I hate doing core work. So that's not saying much. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's good. You know, I've been bulking up myself trying to do this uh, this deadlift mile challenge. So for those of you who aren't familiar with it, I set a goal earlier this year. I want to deadlift 500 pounds straight into a sub five minute mile. And, you know, we talk about KPIs. I actually set a KPI for myself, which was to do a 400 pound deadlift. And I knocked it out of the park last week. New personal best 400 pound deadlift. Did you see that one, Derek? Yeah. I was really proud of that. <laughs> Telling everybody I know. <laughs> Well, dude, I, I want to touch on something that you mentioned about racing for your mental health. You know, I think it's a I just think it's so important that we have athletics, that we have, uh, you know, abilities to get out and push ourselves athletically to challenge ourselves. And racing is such an important part of that. Right. Because it gives us something to train for. It gives us that accountability, that timeline that we need to train for something with a set, uh, you know, set time that the race is going to take place. And. Last year when I saw all these races getting canceled, I was devastated. I saw people around me were devastated. And I started putting on all these events here, calling them the Nick Simmons Track Classic. And we've had so much fun. In fact, last night we went out and filmed a 400-meter uh, all-out race against a bunch of kids here in town. And are you going to be able to make it out to any of my races this year? Not not th this year, but I got a, one that hopefully I can get into on August, uh, April 24th. They let me. Awesome. Where is that going to take place? Uh, it's Grand Canyon University. Oh yeah, I know it well. And then, and then when I go back to Wisconsin on July second through the eleventh, I'm gonna try to get together with the some of the D three Carroll guys. Yeah. And, Good guys. And make like a three k or five k time trial. All right. Well, let us know how those go, especially if you can yeah. get into that race on April twenty fourth. To be earlier than most of us. Yeah. All right, Derek, man. Good seeing you again.
Love you, buddy. Love you too. Talk to you soon. All right. D. Rubis in the house. Next up is Tristan. Tristan, how you doing, man? Hi, I'm doing good. How are you? Dude, you got the freaking gamer set up right now. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was looking for earbuds, but I couldn't find any. So it looks good, man. You got you look more professional than I am. For those of you who aren't watching the video right now, Tristan here, he's got the gamer chair, he's got the headset, he is ready to roll. And the audio is so clear. I wish all of our call-in guests were as good as you, man. Oh man, I mean, good microphone. Just got lucky, I guess. Game changer. So, yeah. How old yeah. are you? 19. Where do you live now? Uh, I'm from Nixa, Missouri. Oh, nice. Yeah. I'm I'm coming to Missouri uh, late. What is it? Memorial Day weekend, actually. Flying oh. into St. Louis and driving down to New Orleans. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. I got to tag that state high point. Another one of my <laughs> goals. We'll get to that I later. Gotcha. What are you gotcha. working on right now? Uh, just just pretty much chilling for the time being. Uh, for a while, I was training for a half marathon. Yeah. Down in Texas. Um, canceled weeks ago when yeah it got canceled. <laughs> yeah and then found another one that one got canceled. canceled and now it's in december well so, i think that's probably pretty safe uh, training is kind of like transitioned a little bit i've kind of transitioned more into speed than distance yeah I'm trying to work down my mile time uh did a time trial the other day got it down to 524 nice not too bad but uh still gonna work on that distance but uh that's that's kind of where i'm at in training it's frustrating when you have all of these, you know, races scheduled and you start training for them and then canceled. And then, you know, I, I made a few videos on my channel, Nick Simmons, too, kind of addressing what to do when you have those cancellations. How have you been able to kind of stay motivated through the highs and lows of training for something and then having that canceled and pushed out? Oh, it's been hard. It's it's been really hard. When the uh the first race I was gonna sign up for was canceled, I just kinda sat in my house for a day or two, just kind of wondering where to go next. Uh, if I really wanted to continue continue training, going for it. And as soon as I saw the date for it was rescheduled in December, um, I kind of got that motivation back and was like, okay, um, my goal is still the same, but let's change the goal a little bit. And my initial goal was to go for like an hour and a half, break an hour and a half in this uh, half marathon. And then now that I have more time to train for it and actually put more effort in my training, mm -hmm. uh, I've kind of trained or switched my goal a little bit to get like a faster time, like 125, 127. So it's for me, it's just working on a different goal, kind of having the same baseline with it, but just changing it up a little bit. So where I'm still motivated to work even harder than before. I love it. Tristan, you got a great attitude, man. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Hey, if, all right. Today I'm opening it up to questions. I say, if you can ask me anything, what would you ask me? All right. Uh, I thought about this one for like literally the last, I don't know, since you sent out that text message. Yeah. I'm like, okay, what am I going to ask him? Uh, and then I finally came up with one. And I'm not sure if this has been asked, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was. No problem. Um, for you, if there was a race that you haven't already raced in before, mm -hmm. it could be in like your lifetime or in the past. Is there a race that you would like to be a part of and compete in? That is such a good question. And honestly, I wrote it down as you were asking the question. It's so obvious in my head. And oh, really? this will sound uh, this will sound really crazy to some, but really obvious to others. For those of you who watched the 2008 Olympic final, it is a it is a team that I qualified for. And I bombed out in the semis. Um, and the winner, I think it was Wilfred Bungay, he went 52-52-144 to win the Olympic gold. Do you have any idea 
how many times I went 52-52 or how many times I went 52-51. Like, I could could negative split off a 52-second pace. If there was ever a race for me to crush, it's an 800 Olympic final that goes out in 52. And I just wasn't ready for it. I was only 24 years old. I was really inexperienced. I kind of panicked in my semifinal. I didn't make the final. But if you take myself from 2012 and transport that athlete that ran 142.9 for fifth place in the Olympic final and put him in that Olympic final in 2008, I got to think I'm a medalist, if not the gold medalist. So, you know, it's one of those things where we can look back and, and wish and hope. And, you know, I may, p- people might say I'm, I'm unlucky that I was born uh, at my peak at the same time that David Rudisha was speaking, right. you know, but at the same time, maybe I never run 142.9. Maybe I'm not pushed and, and, and inspired by the way that I was by having David Rudisha, uh, you know, around me, basically being an 800 meter rabbit for me to run 142.9. Like, I don't know. I right. think that I, I just, I, I try not to, to think about those things too much. And I just try to, focus on what my sports psychologist calls an attitude of gratitude. And so instead of saying, oh, you know, bummer, I didn't, you know, peak in 2008 and win an Olympic gold medal, I say, how grateful am I that I got to be a part of the world record race, that I got to run 142.9. That probably never would have happened without David Rudisha. So, but, but yeah, if I could transport myself and, and, and just, you know, wonder it would have been 2008 Olympic final. I watched that from the stands. It hurts so bad. To sit in the stands with my buddies, you know, kind of hanging our head that we weren't in the finals, but to watch that race live was incredible. I can only imagine how that felt. It's mixed emotions, I, I bet. Great question, Tristan. I think you're probably going to make it into the Nick Simmons 2 clip this week. <laughs> Sweet. Sounds good. <laughs> All Thanks right, man. Best me, man. of luck with the training. Can't wait to see your, uh, your half marathon. Big PR this December. All right. Thank you so much. See you, Tristan. There we go. What's your name? My name is Christian. Christian in the house. Yeah. Christian, how old are you? I am 16, about turn 17. Where do you live? I live in Miami, Florida. Miami, Florida. What a beautiful place to live. Yep. Are you at home right now? Shouldn't you be in school? Uh, no, I'm on a school break. Oh, good. Like a spring break or a full school break? Uh, I'm on, it's, on, it's a lunch break. Got it, man. Got it. Well, what are you working towards these days? What are your big goals? Well, my goal is... I am on the track team for my school. Yeah. So I do the 400 and the 200 and javelin. Awesome. Good, good mix of events. Yeah. I made it the districts in javelin this year. Nice. Um, I have a question. Uh, sure. What strategy, uh, what strategy should I use to do better in the 400? Great question. So, you know, the 400, it's a tough one. Um, I think that when you're getting into the middle distances, there's a lot of different tactics that come into play. The 400, you stay in your lane. So right away, like the sit and kick tactics that I use in the middle distance, that that goes right out. The 400, it's truly a time trial sprint event. And it's a positive split, right? It's an anaerobic event. So pacing in the 400 is absolutely critical. Once you've mastered block work, and I'm I'm just going to dismiss that because that's given. You have to be great out of the blocks. Then you have to learn how to pace yourself. And I really believe that, you know, I talk about a plus two second differential in the 800, meaning your first lap should be about two seconds faster than your second lap. I feel very similarly about the 400 in that you're going to want to split, you know, probably close to two seconds faster, maybe one to two seconds faster in your first 200 than your second 200. So when you watch these incredible 400 meter runners and these world-class 400 meter runners go out, they're going out in like 
21 coming back in 23, 44 seconds. That's the kind of splits that you're going to want to see. Now, some 400-meter runners, they run maybe a little bit more even. They might go 22-22. But you're really, you know, you're thinking about this as an anaerobic event. Don't be afraid to push yourself in that first 200 and really start to feel, you know, ultimately what, what kind of paces you're able to handle. So what's, what's your goal? What kind of pace do you want to be able to run in the 400? Well, for this year, uh, my best time was like 106, so I'm trying to get like a minute. That's great. So if you want to run, you know, let's say 60 seconds for the 400, I really think you need to be running that first 200 meters in 29, maybe 28 seconds, right? You have to get into what I call fast but relaxed running or, or you know, uncomfortable. It's not, it's not scary as in there's no way you're going to be able to finish at that pace, but you're thinking to yourself – Am I going to be able to run this pace the whole time? That's the mindset you want to have. You need to push yourself to be able to go out that hard. So you go out in 29 seconds, you come back in 31 seconds. That's your 60 second 400 right there. All right. You got to make that 28 seconds feel real smooth though. Yeah. All right, Christian, best of luck with that goal, man. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Josue, what's up? Nick, how's it going, man? Am I saying that right, Josue? Yes, sir. Oh, man, we got it right. How are you? I'm doing great. I, di I didn't think I'd make it. You know, it's tough because we only bring in about 10 guests. We have 50 in the queue, so you're lucky, man. We're happy to yeah, chat with I, you. I saw, the, I saw the notification on my phone. I was like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll give it a shot. Where are you calling from? Uh, I'm from uh, Tustin, like an hour away uh, below L.A. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. How, how are things down there right now? Are, you back, are things back open? Uh, things are like starting to open up a little bit, you know, like, you know, ever since like, you know, everything's moving to red tier, like in California, I don't yeah. know, like if you've noticed, um, but like, you know, things are slowly moving forward and progressing. You know, I actually got the vaccine yesterday. Oh, so, good. So like, you know, I got second dose and then I should be fine. Uh, but you know, most people here are like, uh, pretty, you know, like Adam about wanting to get out of this quarantine and like, you know, whether that's, you know, taking the vaccine or, you know, wearing masks or, yeah. Maybe not some people, but anyways, uh, you know, you know, doing uh, what we need to, I guess. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, up here we're starting to open back up. I'm just knock on wood, everything goes smoothly. Yeah. So you out training? Yeah, I mean, like, like, what are you able to do right now? What are we working towards? Uh, so, like, I actually just graduated last year. Cool. So, like, high know, school or college? Oh, I go to Cal Poly. Cool. Slow. Great school. Yeah, Great so running yeah, out there too. Yeah, it's a nice spot. Um, but you know, like, I I kind of wanted to take a little bit of a break from running. Because, you know, after like four years of running, I'm like, hey, you know what, maybe I want to do a little bit of things. So recently, you know, me and my brother, we've been like investing in like a home gym and like smart you know, doing everything. You know, we have like a lot of it's actually, actually pretty nice. It's like we got bumper plates, a really nice bar from Rogue, a really nice squat rack. And then we've also like taken up uh, martial arts. Like we've wow. done jujitsu. Like it's pretty cool. Like I, like running has taken so much time for me that I'm like, oh, maybe I want to do this now. Like. It's a lot of great stuff. Yeah. You got any big goals uh, this year? Big goals? Um, hoping to deadlift anywhere past 375. Nice. Bench pressed. I want to get to two plates. Squat. 325? Ideal. It's big numbers, man. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I mean, like, I, I'm also trying to get my diet in order. I, I you know, I, I love training and I love doing everything, but you know, I, I absolutely suck when it comes to diet. But <laughs> you preach it to the choir. I train my butt off, but I can't seem to fix my diet. Yeah, I mean, 
I mean, I really, I, I just, I mean, I just can't find food that, you know, I like. And, you know, with the caloric deficit that I'm trying to follow, it's kind of hard to, like, you know, keep everything. But, you know, I, I, I've been staying on the road so far, so we'll see from there. Well, hey, man, you can ask me anything. I got similar goals. I got, you know, weightlifting goals and running goals. If you ask me yeah, anything, what would you ask me? You recently just deadlifted 400 pounds, right? Yeah, I did. Yeah, that was that was pretty impressive. Um, what I what did I want to ask? So like, me and my brother want to get into like Olympic lifts, you know, like yeah, uh, you know, snatching and like, yep, clean uh, snatch, jerk, clean, all of the, you know, all of the above. So like, my brother really wants to get into like the jerk. Yeah, and like jerk's I've tough. I know how to do the. Uh, I've done you know cleans you know throughout high school because you know I had a really good. A training uh weightlifting coach she was like great um and i know how to you know power clean that's all great i've just really never done this the jerk kind of uh, do you have any like advice to like kind of learn or like you know well, any advice first of all it's probably my worst lift you know anything overhead's tough for me um yeah. but but i would say number one getting a proper pair of shoes like actual platform weightlifting shoes is a game changer i know they're expensive i know that a lot of us runners like to lift in running shoes, but I bought a pair of Olympic lifting shoes and it is an extremely, extremely easy way to, to help your PRs out. They're stable, they're heavy, they work great. And especially if you're talking about a big jerk putting a bunch of weight over your head, having that stable platform that, that is an Olympic weightlifting shoe, it's gonna help you a ton. Um, from there, you know, I think having a coach, somebody that, that has studied these movements, it's funny when, when I go on Instagram and I watch people doing Olympic lifting, I'm like, oh, it's so easy. They make it look so easy. But training your body to move that kind of weight explosively, to do the lift right, to do the lift safely, it takes years and years of practice, you know. And so I, I'm really lucky that I had uh, an Olympic training coach, um, Jimmy Radcliffe, the head strength and conditioning coach at University of Oregon, that taught me a really great foundation on these lifts. But now I actually work with a couple coaches at a local gym, and we are doing the lifts over and over and over every single day, just sometimes with just a PVC pipe or a stick, right? And, and all it is for, for 10, 20 minutes is just practicing the movement without any weight. I think that the quickest way to build and weight is to do the lifts correctly and to do the lifts correctly takes a lot of practice. Yeah. Thanks man. No problem. And, and I, I wanted to ask you, you know, like I, I really appreciate uh, the run gun that you have. Yeah. I actually like recently started using it uh, towards the end of my senior year. Yeah. Track. And so like I was feeling absolutely garbage the entire <laughs> like last two weeks, you know, before, you know, everything shut down and this was actually my last race and, you know, and, you know, my mom was like, hey, I, you know, I'm at the store. You want anything? And I was like, yeah, bring me some run gum, you know. Which I, store? I, must have been Target or Walmart, store. right? I've never had it. I've never had it. I'm like, you know what? Screw it. I'm just going to, you know, try something different because, you know, at this point, I, I already know I'm going to have a bad race. So I take, you know, I take uh, about one gum and a little bit, a half another one because, you know, I, I yeah. was already starting to feel it. And yeah. I, you know, I can tell. Get like, you going. <laughs> yeah. It was really good. And so, like, I, I took the, I ran the race. And I actually managed to match my PR. Dang, so nice really, work! So that was so I could only imagine what it would would have been what it would have been like had I been feeling somewhat okay because I was yeah. feeling like garbage, and you know it was just that little bit that helped me. So it's what it's there uh, for, man. It's it's your ace up your sleeve, right? It's that, it's that I, little I boost you, you need. A, you got a great product, and I think you know I, I really appreciate you know having that fast caffeine in your system, and I think you know you're gonna do a great job, and I look forward to being a I look forward to being a customer. Uh, for of yours for a really long time 
Guys, I didn't even pay him to say that. Josue, you're the yeah. man. For those of you who haven't tried Run Gum, it is available on Amazon at RunGum.com. And if you are like Josue and you want to buy it in store nationwide at Walmart and Target in the sporting goods aisle. Josue, you're awesome, man. I appreciate you calling in. All right. See ya. It was a good one. Bye. Have a good day. Mary, what's up? Hi, Mary. Hi. How are you? Hello. I'm good. Where are you yeah. calling from? Uh, I'm from PEI, Canada. Canada. All right. You guys, you guys yeah. locked down tight up there. You guys actually open. Um, it kind of depends on the place. PEI is pretty safe because we have a small population. So, okay. Uh, yeah. Are you a student? An island. That helps. Yeah. Are you a student? <laughs> yeah, I am. Where at? Uh, UPEI. UPEI acronym yeah. for what? University of Prince Edward Island. Prince Edward Island. All right. That's awesome. Yeah. Getting pretty nice up there now. Thawing out a little pretty... bit. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Not quite. <laughs> I see you've got an Adidas top on. Are you an athlete? Yeah, I run cross country for the, the university. That's awesome. Were you able to have a season this year? No. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, follow. In the yeah. fall. Yeah. You getting excited to start training for that? Very excited. Yeah. <laughs> How about a track season? Um, I don't know. I don't, it's kind of up in the air. Just sort of depends what happens in the next few weeks. Yeah. Well, yeah. Se seems like everything, <laughs> even here in Eugene, Oregon, Tracktown USA, we're all like, are they going to have the trials? Can we come watch? <laughs> and no one has any answers for us. So yeah. Just You're take... doing your like track thing though. Is yeah. that a, like already filmed all those videos or so it's are you called... still doing yeah, so what Mary's referring to, we call it the Nick Simmons Track Classic. And this year it's eight events over eight weeks. And so we film them every single Monday. So Monday at 5 p.m. is a new event. And then Ryan over here, our, our videographer, he spends Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday stitching that all together into the work of art that is a Nick Simmons YouTube video. Um, we drop those every single Sunday at 9 a.m. So uh, it would be easier if we did them all at once, you know. But I think it's kind of more fun to build the momentum of the series. And if last year was any indication, it kind of starts with like 10 athletes. And then come mm -hmm. the last event, the 5K, there's hundreds of athletes. Yeah. So I kind of I kind of wanted to build the momentum uh, it, it, through the season a little bit. Cool. And Mary, you're, you're the first one to hear this, but there's going to be a surprise event after the 5K. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I can't <laughs> tell you. I can't tell you what it is, but it's going to be good. <laughs> cool. What's your big goal this year? Just get back back to running or or you have a big goal set for the fall? Um I don't have like specifically a time goal. I think just um just really just to see what I can do. I'm pretty new to cross country, so just gonna try and get out there and do my best in the fall. Yeah, just feel it out, especially after a hiatus like we've had. You know, I think True. for for a lot of our listeners out there. When you start coming back, and I, I I had seasons where I had to take, you know, six months off due to injury or something, don't beat yourself up as you go through those initial rust busters. We all need to have those moments where we kind of just forgive ourselves for bad performances early season. I'm not saying you're going to have bad performances, but I had a lot of bad performances, and I had to go easy on myself early season and say, it's been a while since I've raced. I got to, you know, bust this rust off and get back into it. Absolutely. Mary, before we go, I, I'm, I'm giving everybody one question. I always say you guys can ask me anything. Nothing's off limits. If you could ask me anything, hit me with it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, I was wondering, um, how would you recommend like finding a balance between 
running competitively and pushing yourself, but without like losing the ability to still have fun? That's a great question. Mary, when I talk about finding these balances, what I'm, what I often refer to as longevity and, you know, the average pro track and field career might only be three or four years. And I was able to run for 12. And I think you kind of touched on it in finding that balance between taking it very seriously and also enjoying life. Like you're not going to do something you hate for 12 years. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, I knew that very early on. I said, if I'm going to, you know, focus a hundred percent every single day, 365 days a year, I'm going to burn out really, really fast. And that's not what I want for my career. So the way I approached it, I said, I'm going to kind of have levels of, of intensity, levels of focus, and there will be seasons. You know, if I looked at a, a professional season, that's about 11, 12 months long. I will, I will start with almost zero focus. So like when I took my time off at the end of the season for two weeks every year, and this was in the fall, I said, I am not an athlete. I'm going to drink beer. I'm going to go fishing. I'll hike. I am not going to run a step. I'm not going to lift a weight. This is me pressing the reset button. And then after a few weeks of that, I felt like I wanted to start training again. But it was just, you know, easy training. And on the weekends, I'd still go out with my friends and I ate whatever I want. And as the season progressed, as we got closer and closer to the season, my level of focus, my level of intensity got better and better and better. So, you know, right into the middle of the season, I'm eating more healthy. I'm not going out as much. I'm, you know, really trying to bring an A plus effort into my workouts. And so just as I'm building, you know, momentum uh, with my training, I'm building momentum with my intensity and my focus. Cause I always knew that for maybe two or three months, I could be really, really focused. And I made sure that those two or three months coincided with the the meat of my season, the, the important championship side of my season. So when I'm talking to athletes, you know, that are, that are trying to figure out the work-life balance a little bit, I say, you know, if you're a track and field athlete, the fall should be fun. The winter should be fun. Spring needs to be a little bit more serious. So try to, try to, try to build that momentum with your training and build that momentum with your focus as well. Awesome. Yeah. If you're Thank not, you. if you're, if you're a cross country runner, if you're not competing till the fall, you better be out having some fun right now. Yeah. <laughs> but similarly, I want you focused when the season starts. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. Awesome. Best of luck to you, Mary. Thank you very much. Thanks for calling in. Bye. Bye. Marcus, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. What's up, Nick? Hey, how you doing? Doing well. How about yourself? I'm good. Where are you calling from? Uh, Utah. What part of Utah? Um, it's Bluffdale, Utah. It's about 45 minutes southwest of Salt Lake. Okay. Beautiful country out there. Well, I always say Utah is probably the geographically most beautiful state. I love it. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm originally from Washington state, but I've been out here since I was 18 and, uh, I've really enjoyed the hiking, skiing in the winter time. Yeah. It's a playground. Yeah. What are you doing out there now? So I actually teach. I'm a high school teacher. Oh, fantastic. Do you coach as well? Yes, I do. Track and field. Yeah. And cost country. Boom. That's what I'm talking about, dude. You're the best. Do your kids. Yeah, it's do, do, I, I love it. It's a, it's a fulfilling career for sure. I was doing sales for a while, but I actually just recently, this last year is my first year teaching. And it's been, a, it's been awesome. So. Uh, what age group? High school. So I'm a ninth grade to 12th grade teacher. I do nice. a lot of ninth grade, but I also have a couple classes of like 10th to 12th graders. So it's been good. Do your kids enjoy running or do they hate it? <laughs> I mean, the, I mean, yeah, it's high school, right? So I'll tell you, yeah, but- I'll tell you why I asked that question, Marcus. So I, I ran what 
three years, four years of cross country and three years of track in high school. And I hated running. Like I just, I did not like it that much, but I had a fantastic high school coach by the name of Tom Shanahan. He was so awesome and understanding and, and made it fun and made the, the, the sense of community so important that I came out every single season. Like I, even though I'm like, I just don't want to run anymore. I just didn't want to let Tom down. I didn't want to miss out on all the fun times with my teammates. So I always say maybe arguably the most important coaches that we have are our prep school coaches because they're the ones that set the tone for the sport. If I'd had a real, you know, jerk as a, as a high school cross country, high school track coach, I'd have been like, forget this. I don't even like running that much anyways. So a lot of the success in my career, I attribute to Tom Shanahan for teaching me a love for the sport from day one. No, absolutely not. We have a good community. The reason I was hesitant, because like I'd be lying if I don't find people hiding sometimes. That, that was me, though, dude. I was I used to hide from my coach all the time. Yeah, I just laugh about it. It's just part of it. I mean, it's a good sport. Everyone comes out, and we, we have good turnout, so it's been a blast. That's great. What kind of goals do you have for your team this year? Uh, state-wise for track, uh, so Utah's a 4 by 8 This is actually the first year they're doing a 4 by 8 That's great. I love the 4 by 8 I really hope our girls team that they can run an average of 220 yeah. all four girls. They should be like a top three team. Hopefully, they could possibly win. Yeah, but that'd be really special because a four by eight relay is fun. Like that gets certain girls who I think honestly are probably if they didn't have the four by eight, they'd probably split 224. But on a high school relay where yeah. you're going for a championship, they might even improve by four seconds. Which I love about high school is that people step up and run like four second PRs. Something about relays too, right? Your team depends on you. You push yourself a little bit harder and you kind of redefine what you're capable of. It's it's a it's a beautiful, beautiful sport. And then we have a kid, a boy who I mean, this is his first year running track. Um he kind of junior year was like because I actually coached with my wife. So he did we she noticed him. She's like, you know what? We should just take an interest in Luke. So we started hyping the kid up. This is his first year doing it. And I think he might run under 420 this year. Wow. Each race he improves by like 10 seconds. So now yeah. he's at 429, but still like he closed his last lap in 60 or 61. Awesome. Like, so I hope if he can go under 420 and maybe even get a run at like Utah State, that'd yeah. be pretty cool for him. So. Fantastic. Got some good talent to develop. Yeah, it's fun. Hey, Marcus, today I'm saying you guys can ask me anything. Uh, nothing's off limits. If you wanted to ask me anything, now's the time to do it. Okay, two quick questions because I know you're probably busy. First one, right? So you ran 142 in the eight. That's Correct. special. It was a great feeling. But I remember watching an interview with you before you ran 142. Yeah. And you believed you were like, I believe I can run 143 round after round after round. Yeah. Like, I don't know if I'll ever be able to run 142. But I never thought run I'd run 142. I never thought I could do it. <laughs> and then you freaking did it, which is awesome. And that's my question is yeah. you did it, right? And that was probably such a great feeling a breakthrough moment and now you probably believe you know other things in life you know like you can almost accomplish anything so my question is what is your 142 for youtube like what is it is it a million wow gosh that's a great question so yeah no marcus you must have been following me a while because that was back in 2011 or 12 and yeah i did say i'm like listen i i want to be the guy that can run 143 through the round every single week because that wins so many races but I also am a very, I'm a pragmatist. I, I know my own limitations. And I said, I don't think I have the physical tools to be able to run 142. I'll just be honest with you. I don't think I can do that. I surprised, I surprised myself. Going into YouTube, and YouTube, I think one of the one of the best analogies that I ever heard, I, I can't remember who it was, Casey Neistat or one of the big YouTubers. They said, YouTubing is a marathon. It is not a sprint. And it resonated so loudly in my runner's mind. I said, I need to approach this 
as as 26.2 miles. Like this is going to be a long, slow, steady process. And, and I need to find consistency, but you know, I, I thought, well, I think we're sitting at about 350,000 subscribers right now. I thought that would take us a lot longer to get there. But if I think about where I could never be, I know for a fact we can get to a million subs. I don't know if I can ever get to 10 million. So maybe write this down. You can save this, save this little quote right here, 10 million subs. I don't know that I can get there. If okay. I if I ever got my channel, Nick, you know, my main channel, Nick Simmons, to ten thousand or ten million subs, I I'd pinch myself. It's, I don't think I can do it. That's my that's my like I don't even tell anybody that goal is so audacious, you know. Yeah, that, that, that's a huge goal, yeah. but I'll be I'll be along for the ride. I'm subscribed. It's awesome to thank you. See, you have blown up quickly, and then like, who knows? I I love that you're confident that you can get the million. I think you will for sure. I think we could just doing what we're doing now. We could get there. I think there is an audience for the kind of content we're creating to get to a million subs. But the the challenge when you start talking about like big crazy things, like 142 is a big crazy thing in the 800. 10 million subs is a big crazy thing in the world of YouTubing. You have to take risks, right? And as I get older, I get less and less. Uh, I get more and more risk averse. And so yeah. taking the chances to try to go 142, you know, the amount of like crazy training I had to do and just the different commitments and sacrifices I had to make, I was willing to do that in my 20s. You know, now I'm 37, I'm gonna start a family pretty soon. I mean, it gets harder to take those risks. Do I want to jeopardize the success that I'm having, you know, in my niche right now as a, as a fitness YouTuber to go after the general audience, to, you know, be recommended next to Mr. Beast and next to Mark Rober? There, were, there are gonna be some risks that I would have to take to do that. And yeah, and I don't know. I mean, hopefully, hopefully, I'm young enough to to take those risks and really push myself and see what what I can do. Uh, I absolutely believe you can. I mean, I know you, you've had, uh, you've done videos with Trey Hand before, but like, yeah. look, like he switched it oh, up, he, and now he's at almost three million, great. two million. Like, yeah, but he was it? he was 19. Kids got nothing to lose, you know. <laughs> I just, you're right. You're right. I but I, I'm in, I'm inspired by Trey Hand. I'm inspired by a lot of content creators that are able to pivot their content, you know, from one niche to another, or from from a niche to a to a bigger arena. I think that Ryan uh, Ewert, my videographer and I, we bounce ideas off each other all the time. And we have this whiteboard in my office with a hundred different ideas. And we were like, we're just not, we're not quite ready. We're not quite ready for that. You know, like we don't want to get ahead of ourselves. There's a natural evolution to the content that we create in the channel, but we're just so, uh, I'm speaking for, for both of us, but I am so happy in the niche that we're in. I feel like the videos we make are positive they're inspirational. They're uplifting. Um, the kids seem to have a ton of fun at my events. So we're definitely going to stay, you know, making those kind of videos for a while. But there will there will come a time where I will feel um, a need to try new things. And and when that day comes, you know, watch the subs grow, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. And second question, because I know you're busy. Yeah, yeah of course. Would be, uh, do, you have a, do you have a run gum? Like I used to be in sales before. I was teaching, do you have yeah. like an affiliate link for run gum? I love run gum. I PR'd with run gum. I'm a believer in run gum. And that's love that's it. To me. I like to, you know, I do like sales. I miss it at times, but I only wanted to sell things that I actually, you know, believe, believe in. in. Yeah. It's so much easier I, to sell something when you actually believe in it. Right on. And that's what I'm saying. Like my wife and I both have PRs with run gum. Yeah. We, we do it still all the time. So it'd be such an easy thing where I'm already very involved in the running community. You ever thought about doing an affiliate link? For Marcus, this is our, you're our second caller that, that's told us how much run gum has helped them. And, and again, I'm not paying Marcus either to say this, you know, it is a great product and we have had affiliate programs in the past. Um, 
right now, I think we are kind of focused more on our ambassador program. So you and your wife need to join our ambassador program for sure. And I, I'll have to double check with our, our COO because he runs it, but I'm not sure if they're doing, doing an affiliate link or not. But, you know, the best thing that you can do for us, man, is just keep saying exactly what you just said. Like it is a product that has helped people. You know, whether whether you're running around and running a busy day, running into errands, you know, as a salesperson, former salesperson, you know, like there are times where you don't want to make that sale. But having that little boost in your back pocket or as a teacher, I got to imagine there's some afternoons where you're dragging a little bit going. Oh, you know. I, got, I, I got run gum on staff. It's sure. <laughs> awesome. Well, hey, man, we appreciate you. You know, even if it's not official ambassador yet, we appreciate you being out there and, and spreading the word. Yeah. Awesome. Marcus. Thanks so much. Ethan. Hello. How you doing? Doing good. How are you? I'm good. Where are you calling from? Calling from Long Beach, California. LBC. Hey, where, did you come out to our event when we were down there in, uh, in Huntington Beach? I did, yeah. Yeah, do you look familiar? Did you have fun at that event? I did, yes. It was very fun. That was awesome. You know, we put that out just a couple days before we showed up, and I think we what, had 100 kids out there running on the beach. Yeah. That was a blast. Was a How have things been since then? It's been great. Starting up track right now. First meet's actually this as afternoon. Really? Are you resting up for yeah. it? Yep. What what events are you running this afternoon? Uh, I'm running eight. The best event in track and field. That's yes, what I'm talking about. What's your goal for this afternoon? I'm looking for low two thirties. That'd be great running. Is this kind of a rust buster though? If it's your first meet of the year, you can't beat yourself up too much. Yeah. What kind of what kind of goals do you have for this season? So at end of the season, I'm looking for a good 220 in the 800. Nice. And then for the 16, I'm looking for maybe like 530s, 540s. That'd be great running. in that range. That'd be great running, my man. All right. Well, hey, today I'm taking questions so you can ask me anything. It could be track and field related, but uh, nothing's off limits. Yeah, that's, that's actually one of my questions. Like, you know, this afternoon I have the eight, but I, I have – you know, little experience in it, racing the eight. So what do you think, like, what's a good way to race the 800? Well, I guess my question to you would be, do you see it being more of a time trial where you're kind of out there by yourself or do you see it being a pretty competitive race? I see it being a competitive race. So I, I really break the 800 up into two different categories. You've got time trials and you've got competitive races. And, you know, you can focus on it two different ways. If you're trying to run for time, right? If you're trying to run as fast as you possibly can, then you have to really know your fitness level and and come up with a strategy to pace yourself accordingly. So for example, you know, when I was in my prime and I knew I was the class of the field and I would be out there by myself and I was trying to run a fast time, if I tried to run 144, uh, which I often tried to do, um, I would go out in 51 and I'd come back in 53. That's a plus two second differential. That's how I ran my fastest 800s. Now, if it's a, if it's a really competitive race and I'm like, time doesn't matter. And I would encourage you, given that this is the first race of the season to ignore time and just go out there and run, uh, then you're mixing it up with people. And, and, and in that sense, you want to get out hard. I always say fast, but relaxed for the first hundred meters. And as you break for the, for the line, really establish yourself in a good position. So, you know, if there, if there are some people that you can work with teammates or competitors that, you know, you know, you're, you're in similar fitness with just latch onto them, go for a ride and really practice calming yourself down from 200 to 600 meters. You know, that first 200 it's, it's aggressive and it's chaotic. 
and the last 200 is all about the kick. But from 200 to 600 meters in the 800, if you can just find yourself in a really nice place, in a nice zone, kind of shut your mind off and just go for a ride, that, for me personally, has has led to some really great races. As I come down the back stretch in lap two, I kind of turn my brain back on. I wake up and I say, now I need to start positioning myself so that I can use my kick when I hit the last 150. So I think today, uh, again, I know you have time goals. I think that's great. But because it's your season opener, just go out there and have a great effort and know that whatever you run today, time-wise, I have a very good feeling it's only going to get faster and faster throughout the season as you continue to bust off that rust and get fitter with your training. All right. Yeah. Any other questions? Yeah, man. You got any other questions for me? I think that's it. You're ready to roll. Go out there and kick some ass. All right. right, Thanks, Ethan. Bye. All right. That's a wrap on episode two. Now you might be asking yourself, hey, how do I get to participate in one of these Zoom calls? Well, right before we started recording, I sent a text blast to all of my tech subscribers. If you want to join that list, just text me at the number below and I will text you the link the next time we're recording one of these. That's a wrap on episode two. See you next week.